Welcome to the Wanting to Wealthy podcast, where we approach financial education in unconventional ways. My name is Ashley Hogan, and if you are looking for a different path to reach your financial goals, you are in the right place. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody. Um, I want to talk about minimalism today. Uh, I know in my previous podcast, we talked about minimalism uh, kind of getting me towards the path of, of creating the podcast in general. But um, I wanted to talk a little more in depth about that and then how minimalism has affected uh, other people in my life and uh, some of the new challenges that minimalism affected and how it can affect finances. Um, so I had talked about how I learned about uh, Joshua Fields Milburn and Ryan Nicodemus, the minimalists, in um, listening to another personal development podcast, uh, which is the Lewis Howes podcast. And when I did that, um, I, I didn't do anything immediately. I just listened to the podcast, and the more I kind of thought about it, I'm going, huh, I really... I want to know who that guy was that Lewis was talking to. And then I couldn't find the podcast because Lewis has over 400 podcast episodes. And, um, and then my sister saw something on uh, Netflix, saw the minimalist uh, documentary on Netflix. And I went, yeah, those are the guys. Those are the guys that I was trying to remember. And uh, one of the things that appealed to me was them talking about just getting rid of one item and so they uh they do a version called the men's game and the men's game is where you or you and a friend start at the beginning of the month and then get rid of one item on day one and then two items on day two and then three items on day three and so on and so forth and at the end of the month uh the person who's gotten rid of the most items wins and um you've averaged about 500 items that are no longer in your home. And I heard statistics like uh, when Joshua Fields Milburn was talking, he had said that the average home has over 300,000 items. And there was just my husband and I at the time, and I'm going, I... There's no way I have that many items. I don't think I have enough items to get rid of, but this intrigues me. So I'm going to start and I'm just going to go, how many days in a row can I get rid of one item? And um, I started my Instagram, my personal Instagram, which is um, at Ashley Furman Hogan. And I can put that in the show notes as well. When I started this journey and it was just to document what I got rid of and how many days straight I went. I think I went close to a year and a half, but it didn't just stick with one item. I was thinking, oh, there's no way I can get 500 items out of the house um, at the beginning, let alone so going 30 days or 60 days or you know 400 days getting rid of just one item at a time. And it was funny, as I went further along, it started perpetuating into uh, evolutions of that. Uh, first, it was, okay, if I bring Christmas happened, if I brought two things in 
at Christmas time, I was going to get rid of four things. So I wasn't adding to what I had. Uh, I played rounds of the minimalism game with myself. Um, I did it with paperwork one, one December and I got rid of 500 pieces of paper and still have a lot of paper, but I have far less paper than I did have that I didn't need to hold on to. And I didn't need to pack around when we had to move several times for my um, old job, my husband's bane of moving was these five paper file boxes that I had of paperwork that I never got into, but I thought that I needed to keep for some reason. And I took, I've gotten rid of those five boxes, but the stuff that I felt like I needed to keep, I've I've been in the process of scanning. And I'll tell you, minimalism doesn't look the same for anyone. It's not restrictive on the number of items you have to have. It's just being consciously aware of what you have and why what you have is in your life. And so some of the paperwork I still wanted to hold on to, I have a permanent filing cabinet for it now, but I have done things like scanning the paperwork and this takes time. I started this journey in 2016 and it takes time to get to status quo, if if you wanna say, um, because I'm still scanning paperwork, I'm still scanning pictures, um, of things that I don't want to keep, but you know, life happens and it, it takes a while. And, um, but what it did is, um, I had a couple other friends who saw me doing this and I told them to watch the documentary and they went, all right, well, let's see what we can do. And they got rid of probably half of their stuff. And, and we got rid of at least half of our stuff. Most of the stuff was mine, but, uh, I would say probably two thirds of the stuff that I had, I got rid of. And, um, it made moving a lot easier and it made finding things a lot easier because there's not a bunch of stuff packed up in boxes someplace that you got to dig through or organize. Um, it made, getting dressed a lot easier because my closet is now about a fifth of what I had at one point. I know everything fits, everything's stain-free and hole-free. Um, I'm currently in the process of, of um, when I replace my clothes, replacing them with ethically sourced high-quality products and not getting into uh, fast fashion, um, because there was a point in my life when I would pride myself on buying the 99 cent sweater and how somebody would say, oh, that looks great. And I go, thanks. It was 99 cents, but I've changed my uh, values to, instead of worrying about the costs, because I have one high quality item, as opposed to lots of things that were really inexpensive. Um, I'm not spending as much because I have fewer items. Uh, I know I am wearing everything because I can see it all. Um, I am doing good for the environment. Uh, there's another documentary, if you're interested, that is called uh, The True Cost that talks specifically about the fast fashion industry. And I was totally on board with it when I was in high school and college. And 
now I have a more curated um, wardrobe and it's easier and less stressful for me to be in my closet because of the curation. Um, there is a gal named Courtney Carver who does a, um, a project called Project 333 and it talks about capsule wardrobes and she does them based off of season. Um, and so you have one for fall and one for summer and one for spring and one for winter. Uh, I personally wear all of my clothes year round because I wear tank tops and then I just layer them and I have like two cardigans. So I just add those on top of my tank tops in the winter time. So um, there's a couple of pairs of shorts and a couple of pairs of sandals that I don't wear year round. But everything else gets worn year round. Um, so it's what works best for, for you as an individual or for your family. Um, I have a different structure on how I purchase things than my husband does. Um, and I have a different structure on how clothing comes into my son's life. Um, it really just is, is the consciousness in, involved in that. Um, I have uh, noticed that that minimalism really affects my overall consumerism. To live, we have to have consumerism of some sort. We have to purchase things for, for food. Uh, we have to have clothing. Um, we, we need hygiene products. We need a place to live, uh, things like that. So consumerism is not altogether inherently bad or inherently good. It's, it's more about the mission behind the consumerism, the why behind the consumerism. So when I say minimalism can help with your finances, um, I truly believe it can. And it has for me in the sense that I'm not going shopping to, to pacify myself uh, because I have better values with when it's associated with my clothes. So better values means fewer purchases, means lower money costs. Um, so if you Google um, budgets, just a budget template, almost all of them have a clothing item line for every single month. And I might buy three or four pieces of clothing a year. So for me, that clothing item line isn't necessary and I would um, question whether or not there's some agenda there that it's an expectation that we buy clothing every single month. And that, that goes with not only clothing, but entertainment, um, how we purchase entertainment. We have an entertainment budget in my family, but our entertainment budget involves experiences. So it might be um, getting takeout, since how we can't go out into the uh, world very well right now with, uh, with COVID. Um, or it might be an experience, um, taking my son to a museum or things like that. Uh, so we're not instead, you know, purchasing a game or purchasing a movie or purchasing some physical item that is at home that we now have to take care of. And it becomes a perception shift 
over the lifetime of, of your minimalist journey, um, in my opinion, uh, because I remember when I was a kid, I used to need a memento from everything. So if I didn't, if I went to the fair and didn't bring a physical item home, it didn't happen. And it was a long shift to realize that it happened regardless. And I'm an awful picture taker, but pictures are a great way to remember it without purchasing something physical to take home. But I'm the person who I get home and I have been in, you know, a new state and I forget to take a picture altogether. Um, so if you have somebody who likes to take pictures, especially now that we do digital pictures almost exclusively uh, in the world, that's a great way to memorialize what you did without bringing home physical clutter. But it took me a long time to shift my brain from um, I need a physical item to I can be here and experience this and I don't have to spend a ton of money and then I don't have a thing that I need to store or take care of at the end of of this experience. Um, so there's there's that kind of financial burden because right now the storage industry is huge in the United States and that comes from people feeling that they need to keep their stuff instead of doing a couple of things, either not buying the stuff in the first place or giving it to somebody who will use it or, or throwing it away if you need to throw it away. So then you're just not, um, storing it. Um, there is the situation where people are getting larger homes and, and the family sizes are smaller than they were 50 or, or 60 or 70 years ago, typically, but their home sizes are larger. And a lot of that has to do with the stuff that we're holding on to, um, which means financially you're spending more money on mortgage and more money on insurance and more money on cleaning or more time on cleaning and time is just as important to your financial budget as uh, paying somebody else to do it. What what are you personally worth? If you went to your job or to your business, what are you worth? Now take that hour of value that you have and take it to your house and clean for three hours because you have a huge house that's way more than you need. So I'm not going to tell you the right size of home to own or the right size of property to own or or uh, how many clothing pieces to own, but I am going to encourage you to um, try playing the men's game. See if you notice a difference in the items that you've gotten rid of at the end of the um 30 days or do what I did and get rid of one item consecutively for however many days in a row you can try and beat my score uh, of over 400 days. Um, and you can tag me in this stuff on Instagram. I'd love to see it. Um, and examine, you know, do you really need all this space? Do you really need um, all these things when you look at Christmas time or birthday, um, maybe doing an experience instead of purchasing items. So you're still spending money, but it's not items that you then have to hold on to. So maybe you can uh, downsize your home if you want to. So there's less 
home to have to pay for, which means maybe you can go on more vacations because you're not spending so much on your mortgage, or maybe you can pay off your debt because uh, you're not spending so much on your mortgage and your storage unit, um, and the the size of closet you need, and whatnot and and i'll touch also on children um there's another great resource a gal named um danae barjona and she has a, a podcast called simple families and she talks about minimalism with children and she has some great points including uh sheer overwhelm uh the statistic that i've heard from the minimalists is that the average child has 300 toys and they play with 12 and in my own experience my son is 20 months and if you take him outside he has a play structure and he has a pool and he has um a trampoline and his world has been rocked by the fact that there is a dump truck load of rock in our driveway right now he thinks it's amazing and that we delivered that rock just for him because his favorite toy while he'll get in the pool he's got to always take a stick and a rock with him he doesn't need a bunch of fancy toys to go outside he doesn't need a bunch of fancy toys in the house he enjoys cardboard boxes when we come home uh he enjoys hand-me-down uh stuffed animals from our fa friends and family he enjoys books he enjoys going outside and just walking around the property, um, petting the horses and the cat and the dog. He uh, loves to just go and see new things. And granted, the going and seeing new things is a little hard right now because of COVID. However, maybe you go on a hike or maybe you go on a picnic or maybe you go to the beach where you can social distance um, without spending a lot of money and then bringing something home in the process to then have to care for or purchasing a new toy that loses its luster two days after it gets out of the box. Um, I have friends that have older children and what they do is they have their children put toys in a basket next to the Christmas tree um, around the holidays and those toys are traded to Santa uh, for new toys and then that way uh, they help minimize the clutter and or if they don't believe in Santa then they're traded to another kiddo that needs the toys so then you can get a few things that you really want and then make it be the the child's choice so you're not taking your children's toys but the child then gets to choose which toys are being um, let go of and the really cool part is that children are so so uh, giving they want to help other kids they want to help other people and so if you tell them that these toys are going to help other children most children will give up things that they really really enjoy because they want to help other kids um, and and to that uh, that point Another thing that you could do is buy the door that you use the least often. We don't use our front door very often, so a lot of times we will um, tease and call our front door our service entrance because the only time we open it is when we're getting packages or somebody we don't know comes to the house. Um, we have a bin sitting in our front entryway, um, so it's always easy to donate something as 
something comes into our house or we realize we're not using this particular uh, item of, of clothing or kitchen utensil anymore, we just go stick it in the bin. And then when the bin's full, we take it to donate. And then that way it's never a, well, I should get rid of that, but it's not really a, a priority. And so it just gets shoved back in the drawer. In fact, we, we have one bin for donation to a secondhand store. And then we have one bin for donation to a local charity um, that takes household items. Uh, including kitchen gadgets and furniture and things like that. And then we have one bin that takes clothing specifically that's going to be donated to teenagers. Um, and so we actually have three bins, but that helps us help local organizations as well um, in in our community. The other ways that, that minimalism has affected my personal finances uh, is we were able to, to buy the property that we wanted sooner because of being able to pay off more debt because of not buying extra things. Two, um, we were able to buy a smaller home and actually have roommates. So we're now splitting the cost of a mortgage. And um, there is four adults and one kid living in 1,800, just over 1,800 square feet. Um, but when you divide the costs out, we're not on top of each other and we're all paying less money so we can all achieve our goals faster. Um, it has made it to where we don't need storage units. Uh, we've paid debt off faster. Um, my, I was not inundated and terrified about having a child financially because I was willing to take hand-me-downs, take second-hand items, um, and, and really curate what my kiddo needed before he was born. So when it came to our baby shower, we actually did a diaper drive. And so because of the items that I requested and the items I was able to, to get uh, secondhand, um, I had enough people bring diapers that I didn't purchase diapers for the first time until my son was eight months old. And so that saved a lot of money too. Uh, so there's a lot of ways that minimalism can help your finances. So I would encourage you to do the men's game. Tag me if you do. I want to see. Um, and then reevaluate your finances and see if there's a way that minimalism can positively affect your finances. Um, be conscious of why you're consuming the items you're consuming. And uh, I also want to share a few more resources and I'll put everything in the show notes on the resources, but I talked about the minimalists and I talked about simple families and I talked about um, Courtney Carver 333, uh, but also um, Erica Lucas, she's on YouTube and she does a really cool uh, process where she just found minimalism like four or five months ago and you get to see her where she uh, claims being borderline hoarder um, all the way through to how 
much her uh, minimalism has affected not only her family, but her mood. And you can see she was really stressed out in the beginning videos. And then by the end of the videos, um, as she's really getting through everything, she's she looks more confident and more um, calm and more at peace. And, and I truly believe it was the effects of of just not being overwhelmed by all the things in her home. So watch her. She's amazing. Um, Zen Habits, that's uh, Leo Babalta. He has six children and um, they do minimalism with six kiddos in the house. Um, and then another great one is here local to Oregon is a gal um, that owns uh Rockstar Residential Services, and she is driven to help families and, and moms reduce and organize clutter so you can spend more time with your family. Her name's Ronnie. She's amazing. Um, so I'll have all of these resources in the show notes, but really um, let me know what you think. Let me know if you have done minimalism and how it's worked for you or if you're intrigued by it and um, and uh, how it has affected your finances. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Wanting to Wealthy podcast. I appreciate each and every one of you and all of your support. It means the world to me. I would love to continue the conversation over on Instagram at wanting to wealthy. You can always send me a DM with thoughts, questions, ideas for future podcasts, or anything else you would like to share with me. Until next time.